0: friends of course i go by the name of the kid famous you and now tuned into the tim and friends show hello
1: education entertainment coast to coast ball it up call it entertainment let's get this started uncle tim let's start this show in five four three
2: two one let's go kevin mickey tim of riding with you on this november 10th the year 2022 is it time to tear down in Vancouver? Are the Raptors ready to take the next step? And who is in deeper caca? The Lakers and the Nets. All that plus Kevin is going to the ballet tonight. Coming up <laughs> in this 90-minute edition of Tim and Friends as we take you from Poker to Hockey Central. You, uh, We were just talking before we came on air that you are going to the ballet. You don't mind that I told the world that you're going to the ballet tonight and people may come looking for autographs if they see a tall, handsome, dark-haired man at the ballet tonight. (laughs) I
3: mean, if I did have a problem with it, it's kind of too late for it at this (laughs) point.
2: That is, that is also true. Do you know what you're going to see? the ballet <laughs> <laughs> but like is it the nutcracker like it's kind of early for i guess it's not kind of early is it
3: nutcracker nut... season i think it Are is nutcracker
2: season? season yeah to be
3: honest i'm not 100%. is it the
2: national ballet of canada so
3: i believe that it's the national ballet of canada right that's as far as i know as to what sort of performance i will be observing <laughs> right
2: that i don't so know. your wife bought the tickets indeed she did <laughs> do you or do you not know if they're serving alcohol at the ballet tonight my one question that I
3: got off to my wife, I said, is this one of the performances where I will be able to take drinks down with me? And she said, yeah, I believe you will be able to. And I said, all right, I'll see you there
2: then. I am in. Can't, what what am I seeing? Nah, I don't know. Do they serve beer? Yes, I'm in. I enjoy all
3: the meats of our
2: cultural stew, Tim. That is wonderful. And to be honest with you, ballet dancers, wonderful athletes. Yep. Like, absolutely. When I went to my physiotherapy grades 11, 12, and what we used to call grade 13, uh, torn ACL, broken leg, separated shoulder. Guy's it warrior. was littered with ballet dancers yeah. who had, like, every knock that you could imagine yeah. and still danced all the time. Uh, it's, they are st-
3: stupidly tough, intense athletes, ballet dancers. Yeah,
2: there's, yeah. A, there's a definite uh, strength of mind.
3: mind a lot. It's dancing. a lot of mind over
2: matter. Oh, without a doubt, for, the, for those athletes, it's yeah. incredible. All right, uh, so Kevin's going to the ballet. I'm going to go home and sit in the couch. The Alberta teams are <laughs> east, so early start times for the Oilers and Flames tonight. With Calgary reeling, we invited Julian McKenzie, beat reporter for the Flames on the Athletic, to discuss. What the hell is next in Calgary, especially if it doesn't go well tonight? We'll also get you set for 10 games in the NHL tonight. Four in the NBA in the Thursday nighter as the Falcons visit Carolina. Kenny the Jet Smith of the NBA on TNT dropping by for his regular Thursday appearance. Raptors beat the Rockets last night, but so is everyone beating the Rockets. So what does it mean to Toronto? And a league in flux. Is the old guard done? Is uh-huh. the old guard fading like LeBron's hair from six years ago? Uh, <laughs> that, no. that ish right there, more puzzling than... Than what? Than the English language. Why is that P there in pneumonia? It is very unnecessary.
0: Bro, just take it off. It's still it's too- Like the P in pneumonia and the P in Poisson's... <laughs> <laughs> It's not needed. I just found out about the feed pneumonia this weekend.
1: If that T and tsunami don't get
0: the fuck out of this. is the T in tsunami? Why is it a K in knuckles?
2: <laughs> All wonderful questions. These are the questions we should be asking ourselves. Without a doubt. It's very important. Almost as dumb as the B. All right. Enach. Huh. Very nice. Is that how you say that? Enach. <laughs> With the English language, let's get to what everyone was talking about. Kevin Mickey, first things first. Yes, sir. Let's get past the baloney, Steve Balboni. Nice. First things first.
1: first. Uh,
2: And
3: speaking of letters silent, bomb. Yes. Dynamite. Blow it up. There's a conversation to be had here. Let's start with the NHL, where the Habs continue their surprising start with a 5-2 win over the Canucks. I got you. Yeah. It was another sloppy performance for Vancouver. They are 4-7-3 and three to start the season. Tim, what do the Vancouver Canucks need to do?
2: I mean, they got it work by a team that's supposed to be headed to the lottery, right? Like, they were supposed to have the shot at Bedard. The, the Habs had lower expectations, and not only do they have more points than the Canucks, they have way more hope than the Canucks, and that's pretty damning. Like, I use the line when talking about the Jim Benning led Canucks if someone keeps showing you who they are you have to believe them that's when I said Jim Benning's time was done in Vancouver and I'm starting to think that about the core of this team my only worry is some of the ages of their key pieces Patterson 23 Hughes 23 Besser is 25 Demko's 26 but how long do they get Mm -hmm. like Miller, Horvat included. It has been a while, and they keep showing us who they are. And I'm starting to believe them. It's taken me a while. I think I've been patient. Every year, I keep saying the Vancouver Canucks are going to be better than they were last year. But they keep showing us who they are, and I'm starting to believe them more and more. And I'm not alone. Jason Bruff, Sportsnet 650, Vancouver. Here's what he had to say. How many more messages Mm -hmm. need to be sent to ownership or to management that this core, this group is not good together, not good enough, and stop with the whole pecking away at the roster and start
4: using some dynamite? I'm
2: dynamite. (laughs) I saw you, you lining up that sound I saw You saw me going in. There, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I saw you lining it up, and that Hello. fits. And listen, if you do blow it up, the parts are worth something. The pieces on this team are worth something. And barring some miraculous turnaround, I guarantee you, it's coming. Like you don't hear management talking the way Jim Rutherford has been talking without something coming. And for those who don't know or remember. Rutherford has never been shot. He ain't never been scurred to quote a great man. The one thing that scurs me a tad from the burn it all down is that your Demko and he's been terrible. He doesn't have much help. I get it. Defense ain't exactly or Bork Pronger and Dowdy but he is allowed a goal in the first shot three times this year. It happened again last night. He's allowed three or more goals in every game that he has played this year, and is now 1-7-2 with a 4.01 goals-against average, which is 52nd in the league, and 874 save percentage. That's tied for 51st with Connor Ingram of the Coyotes. This is a dude that people talked about for Vesna. He's going to get better. But how many times do we talk, have to talk about? a miraculous run just to save a season for this franchise. I'm tired of hearing of the phrase that pays from a year ago, 32-15-10, and because they are going to need another one of those right bleeping now, or this franchise, I'm telling you, will look drastically different because if someone keeps showing you who they are, you eventually have to believe them. I'm starting to believe, Vancouver. I'm starting to believe that this team's just not good enough.
3: Uh, A quote from Bruce Boudreaux on Thatcher Demko. I've got to keep him in there. He's got to fight through these things. Any of the good goaltenders that I've had, they want to stay in there. They want to find it. I thought at the beginning of the second he made a couple of good saves. This is last night. I thought it was going to be there, but then things still leak through.
2: It's... Listen, I think he's a good goalie. I don't think this little spurt is what he is, Mm -hmm. but they don't have time to figure this out because you hear the shots coming from management. You understand the history of this franchise, the entire history of this franchise. There is just not a lot of time here, and if Demko doesn't figure it out, if they don't go on another one of these massive runs, it'll be Boudreaux, and then it'll be key pieces of this team. And Vancouver can figure out who those key pieces are and who ends up going from the squad. And there'll be a lot of teams who are interested, depending on the prices and how much salary will yeah. be retained.
3: It's it's gonna it's just it's gonna be fascinating to watch the Canucks as this next little Without stretch continues doubt. back to back against Toronto and uh, Boston uh, coming up. Yeah, it doesn't get road. easier. Doesn't not get easy. No. that's I mean those are gonna have be you tough gone years.
2: like the the whole like there's like six in a row yeah, for them. It's tough. Their schedule does not ease up. It's a great point that you make. It does not ease up for a while. They've got one after another on that list. And when they're done, I guess the next six or seven, it'll be a long way to determining what the hell happens with this team. And you're right. I will be glued to each and every one of those games because, again, I'm a fan of a lot of pieces on this team.
3: And so it, the thing about that, too, is you know that they're going to be targeting this draft because everyone's talking about what a deep draft this is, yeah, it's especially a at the draft. top. Yep. There's a young man named Connor Bedard, who mm-hmm. I think I just, read a, I just saw a stat that for the last second time in his last five games, he put up like a five-point game. A five five point point game. game. Yep. So, yeah, he looks like he's pretty good. Yeah, the kid's uh, pretty good. So yeah. the Canucks go Toronto, Boston, Buffalo. That's yep. all on the road. Yep. And then at home, L.A., Vegas... To Colorado, in Vegas, at San Jose, Washington, Florida. Okay, and then so maybe San Jose
2: is when it eases up.
3: I was like, yeah, maybe Washington, Florida, and then back to Arizona. So it eases up a little bit. But yeah, that's a difficult-looking stretch right cool. there for the Vancouver Canucks.
2: Without a doubt. And now I know you use ESPN as your website.
3: It was just the first thing that popped. <laughs> Jason Sands my ear, can you please pull that up? And I did. Hey, let's, uh, let's talk about something that was very fun until it wasn't. Trevor Zegras was at it again last night's in the Ducks game, Ducks versus Wild, He scarred the Michigan. We've seen it a lot lately, but then it was overturned. Offside review, no goal. A lot of people disappointed tim were you among the disappointed
2: i'm so tired of the blue line combo like i argued till i was blue in the face that the blue oh, line blue should go yeah should go to the roof the blue line should go to the roof The blue line should go they changed the rule yep the blue line now goes to the roof you can lift your foot up so long as it's over the blue line we got that done i can say it's supposed to be for egregious offsides but that won't change it The thing was offside I hate that we go back and look at micro fractions but it's for egregious ones in the postseason when it matters and I don't know how you find the healthy balance so there it was. I'm sorry that Trevor Zegris's Michigan goal was disallowed he'll score five more. Relax. Five more this season maybe. Maybe yeah. There's one individual who may be
3: disappointed that he will score five more Michigan style goals this season and that would be one John Tortorella. (laughs) Yeah. We've heard that he does not enjoy this type of goal. And so, of course, last night the reaction immediately retweeted by us was John Tortorella.
2: <laughs> yes, good. Give a little love to Tic Tac Tomar.
3: Yeah, Tic Tac. Uh, Omar, is uh, he's a beauty. He's a fantastic follow on Twitter. Uh, let's keep moving, Timmy. How about we go to basketball? And after being down early in the game, the Toronto Raptors eventually took care of business against... The lowly Houston Rockets last night. Fred Van Vliet led the way. Game-high 32. OG Ananobi, another amazing night for OG. 27 points, 10 boards. Oh, and he just keeps stealing the basketball. Tim. I know you're expecting to see Scotty Barnes step up in Pascal Siakam's absence. We chatted about this yesterday. Yeah. Has OG kind of stolen the headlines?
2: Though? Without a doubt, my friend. You mentioned it 27-10 and the three more steals. So that is now five straight games of three or more steals. He's averaging over three steals a game. Do you know how many NBA players in the history of the game have averaged three steals or more in an NBA season? I'd like you to tell me. Only seven. And OG Ananobi is on that list right now. He is 10th in defensive shares. You can look at a bunch of different analytics. He is top 10 in most. But do you know who is two spots ahead of OG in defensive win shares? I'd like you to tell me. Fred Van Vliet. Wow. Like, Freddie Van Vliet, we cannot understate how important he is to this team since Mm -hmm. that terrible game against the Sixers and Tyrese Maxey. All he's done is basically put up 30 points and play remarkable defense each and every night. Everyone knows the numbers offensively for Freddie Van Vliet. They know what he brings to the table in terms of his toughness. But I'm not sure he gets enough credit for his defense as well. And I know that OG is being talked about for Defensive Player of the Year. I understand it. I get it. Let's not forget about Freddie Van Vliet and all this. I will say... You shouldn't struggle that much with the Houston Rockets. Scotty Barnes could have played better. The bench could have played better. But right at the top there, OG, Fred Van Vliet, they are both monsters on both sides of the court when they're playing best.
3: Uh, hat tip to Will Lou for this. Freddie Van Vliet and OG combined for 59 points on 11 threes. and 11 threes. So carrying the team. Canadians continue. I love continue. how you
2: hat tip Will Lou on basic math. Oh.
3: I just stole the stat from him. <laughs> okay, I wasn't doing that myself. No, the math but it's myself. a stat. Like yeah.
2: it's there for you on the box score. I didn't if look you at the, Just add it up.
3: I read Will Lou's piece.
2: Ten, <laughs> ten takeaways, it and I saw it. I, so, I read it yeah. all the time. I understand yeah. it exactly. I, and I love Will Lou and the work that he does. Oh, I was yeah. I was going to a hockey game last night. I was listening to his post game wrap up, which you can subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Very nice. Yeah. Wherever you get your podcast, <laughs> uh, Tim. Canadians continue to get it done on the court association. Benedict, <laughs> Benedict, Benedict, and Benedict Matherin. Oh boy, what a game. 30 points, including six threes. That math I can do. Oh, and uh, by the way, the Pacers lost. Shea Gildris Alexander, his breakout continues. SGA, 39 points on the Bucks. Oh, by the way, the Thunder lost. The Raptors' next two games against the Thunder and Pacers. Who are you more excited to see face off against the Raps?
2: Shay could be the most improved player in the league. Benedict could be the rookie of the year and or the sixth man of the year the way he's playing right mm. now. Like his 30 points last night were in 25 minutes. Like it's a toss-up for me. It's a coin flip for me. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander, I'll do this thing again. He's averaging right now 31 points per game, 4.6 rebounds per game, and 5.8 assists. The ball. Yeah. Per game, no. do you know how many NBA players in the history of the game oh I'm doing this again Here we go. have averaged 35 and five in a season? I would like you to tell me. Eleven different players in NBA history That's have averaged 35 and five, and Shea Gilgis Alexander is right there. The most intriguing part of all this is the idea that he. Maybe frustrated in OKC. No I'll go to Clutch Points on the uh, old internet it says, "Rumor: Shea Gilgis Alexander frustrations over Thunder tanking lead to Raptors trade links." Oh boy! Dun dun dun. And then if you look at the graphic on Clutch Points, I don't know if you've seen this one, Mickey. <laughs> it makes enough. it very juicy. For Raptors fans.
3: That, I mean, it's just, you're just salivating looking at it. SGA, number one on drives per game as well, 24.8. So he's just, he's completely unstoppable right now.
2: Yeah, he stopped shooting as many threes. Josh Giddy now running the point. I don't know if you watch him, but he's a very unselfish player. Yeah. And it's allowing Shea Gilders-Alexander to do a lot more things with the ball. The question for me would be, though, like, He's been tied to the Raptors. Nick Nurse obviously knows what he does because he coached Team Canada, by the way. Team Canada playing tonight Sports SportsNet 1 against Venezuela, taking a World Cup spot. Book a trip to the World Cup tonight yeah. that Shea Gilders alexander would play in. What would it take from the Raptors cuz I don't think OKC wants more first-round picks, do they? I think like they've already got enough like first-round picks of them over the next 3 years, yeah. Could Shea Gilgis Alexander push his way out of OKC, and could the Raptors actually have enough to pull him out and still be good? How do you? How, what if you
3: say to Shea, who's frustrated by reports? What if you say to him, "Hey, just we have Chet Holmgren hurt for the year, but when he comes back, look that. out for this team. He's so can that. you wait
2: a year?" He's heard that before, and you can't guarantee that Chet Holmgren's gonna. I, I, he looked great in summer yeah. league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of guys that have looked great in summer league. Look looked great in Gonzaga, too. I should say that, too. Yeah, I mean, he looked great kind of all around. All right, time now for the best answer of the night. Two nominees. First, we'll start with another Canadian, Jamal Murray, after a big comeback against the Pacers. Here's one of the answers of the night.
4: Most improbable win, improbable win you've been around in a long time? No. Why? Well, I mean, you're down 18, and it looked like you guys had an opportunity to give up, but you did not.
5: Balls are well, I ain't tell you what balls
4: are. In the second, third quarter, isn't, it's fine. So what was the key, though, of coming back from, from down 18 on the road? Getting like you and getting all <laughs> f- <laughs> flustered. <laughs> That's what it was, for real. Any chance at all this interview has a chance to win an Emmy?
1: I don't know. Sure. <laughs> Thanks.
2: Here, you guys get better luck. (laughs) I believe that's Scott Hastings. Pick your winner, Jamal or Milwaukee's Javon Carter, fresh off a career high. 36 points without Yanni and without Drew Holiday and a win over OKC.
5: 36 points is the result, 12 assists. At what point did you know you just had it and you had to keep going? When I woke up. Perfect. Perfect.
4: Perfect.
3: Yeah, wake up like that. It's easy. Uh let's move on here. Let's go to the baseball. Some breaking news. Oh, by the way, I picked number two. Uh some breaking news Thank with you. the Blue Jays. The Jays will not be extending a qualifying offer to pending free agent Ross Stripling. He had signed a qualify if he had signed a qualifying offer, he'd have earned 19.65 million in 2023. Tim, you surprised by this?
2: I guess no, Fangraphs had him. Predicted at two years, $22 million. So I guess that I'm not surprised by this. But you know what? It's such a great question. We have two people standing by in Las Vegas to answer it for you. Oh, perfect. Here's Shai Devidi and Ben Nicholson-Smith.
6: Ben, a little bit of news at the end of the general manager's meetings here in Las Vegas. The Blue Jays officially picking up the... Club option on Anthony Bass for the 2023 season at $3 million. That one was a no brainer as someone who's pitching towards the back end of the Blue Jays bullpen and the contributions that he made. So, really, no surprise there. But an interesting call came with their decision to not extend a qualifying offer to Ross Stripling. That means he is now a free agent, can talk to the other 29 clubs, and for someone who can fit teams in a number of different ways at a price point that several clubs will be able to afford, he's going to have a pretty intriguing
5: market. He definitely will. The Jays will be a part of that and should be because they need starting pitching, so they have to stay involved with Ross Stripling and and certainly they will, but also they have to continue some of the conversations that they've had here. They've been very active in free agency, uh, particularly on pitching, which is a really big need for them both in the bullpen and for the starting rotation. They've also been very aggressive in the bullpen according to the people that we've spoken to here describing the Jays as a team that's circling around some of those intriguing relievers so really from Stripling and and the top of the rotation um, including some interesting free agents above Stripling uh, the Jays have to really keep everything on the table at this point
6: very much so and they've been active in every front of the market. And one thing that we definitely heard a lot of over these past couple of days, Ben, is just how much interest the Blue Jays are getting on their catchers. We know they have a little bit of surplus, so there's definitely gonna be some trade talks ahead. There's some interest in their outfielders as well. Ross Atkins even mentioned that some of their relievers are drawing interest. So certainly gonna be some opportunities there, but over the past couple of days, beyond those initial conversations with pitchers, Ben, what do you think they accomplished?
5: Well, you know, no concrete moves aside from the ones that you mentioned off the top. So certainly uh, more to come on that front. But, you know, in talking to teams here, there's a lot of interest in catching. There are a lot of teams that want to upgrade their catching. Really, the model in baseball now is to have two good catchers. The Jays have three. A lot of teams have zero or one. So those guys are in demand. And then beyond that, the Jays have really checked on all kinds of free agents from the bounce back candidates to the very top of the market. And look, no one's expecting, you know, Aaron Judge to end up in Toronto. That's not going to happen. But there are some very good free agents that the Jays have at least had some preliminary conversations on, as they should at this time in the winter. Well, the
6: floodgates are open as of 5 p.m. Eastern. Teams are able to exchange offers with free agents, so the off-season really getting going now.
2: Without a doubt, thank you very much, gentlemen. All right, still to come, Julian McKenzie will stop by and tell us whether or not we need to hit the panic button as the Flames try and snap a six-game slide. Stephen Brunt, John Herdman, and of course, our friend, Kenny the Jet Smith. We'll talk Raptors, SGA, and the first place Utah Jazz, all coming up on Tim & Friends.
7: OG Ananobi with another steal, and a two-hand jam for Ananobi. He's like a defensive back, man. When that ball's in the air, he's closing on it.
8: Shoots, and he
7: scores! There's the overtime winner! And the
1: Flames' losing streak continues.
8: He kinda loses. The frustration is going to get you nowhere, you're just going to have to dig in. That first camp, there was a couple of fights in the training. I'd never seen that before. And I said, this is all the reasons why this team have never qualified for a World Cup. A talented FM team have never qualified for a World Cup since 1986. Do you understand that? If you don't understand that, you will miss one of the biggest opportunities this country's ever had.
2: Four games in the NBA tonight, fresh off another crazy night full of the uh, kind of drama only the NBA can provide. Yes, the Magic beat Luka and the Mavs. The Jazz continue to whoop anyone who dissed them. And I'm also um, also forced to talk about LeBron's groin. You can't screw up the punchline one. You know, you got the three. Anyways. We got there, though. uh, That's why we employ the wonderful services of the Absolute best in the business. It is Kenny the Jet Smith, the NBA on TNT, and thejetacademy.com who joins me now. Kenny, you don't screw up lines like that, do you? Well, not punch lines, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'll never get a part in a wonderful movie with Adam Sandler, because I screw up lines like that, Kenny.
0: Well, hey, listen... The only thing about that, I did a couple of retakes. So uh, yeah, <laughs> there
2: a couple it takes. made me look better than I was. <laughs> there are a couple of takes. All right, you know we're here in Canada, eh? so like we got to start with the Raptors in Canada and work our way out. But I know you've been high on them. They get a win over the Rockets last night, though it was hard fought. Um, what do you want to see from this Raptors team that proves that they are legit contenders with Pascal Siakam out of the lineup?
0: No. What do you want to see? Because you know how you just prefer As you know, I've been, which I don't really have to be, uh, a Raptors advocate. Yes, you have. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, the way you just phrased that, you <laughs> said they beat the Rockets, but it was hard fought. Right. No. Right. You won. You beat the you Rockets. You play there. It is to Three win the game. You're supposed to beat. Right. You won the game that you were supposed to win. Right. You're getting spoiled. There it is. You're getting spoiled, and you think that they should win a certain way. Kenny, no.
2: it's the worst team in the league on the road. You should probably beat them handily. No. Because, okay. <laughs> okay. No. I'm listening. Because in, I can in evolve. the
0: NBA, think about this.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: If you beat the Rockets by only four points each quarter, yeah, right? Let's say like three. Three points each quarter. Mm-hmm. That's a twelve-point win. Okay. You see, the, in the NBA, most teams don't get beat by they don't at the end of the quarter. Very rarely, you don't. You're down twenty after one. It mm-hmm. doesn't work that way. So you're going to beat them by four points each quarter. You win by sixteen. Like it, but it doesn't feel like it, for a bad team. They don't even think they're playing poorly because in actuality, they really aren't. But they're not. Sustaining things over quarters. That's it. So no, they beat the Rockets. Move on happily. Good
2: job. Good job, Toronto. All right. By the way, it was a seven-point win, not a twelve-point win. But who's counting here? Uh, I'll I'll move on. And I, I I just, I praised.
0: counting?
2: I I praised Freddie Van Vleet for his defense and what he did last night. I praised OG Ananobi, who is quickly becoming a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. And when it comes to the Raptors. Uh, Next up, we're we're talking about Canadians. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Lou Dort, OKC, followed by Team Canada South, I mean the Pacers, Nemhar, Brissett, Duarte is kind of sort of Canadian, and Benedict Matherin, who last night had 30 in 25 minutes off the bench against Denver. We've always had the argument, Jamal Murray or Andrew Wiggins, best Canadian in the league. Is Shea or even Benedict now the best Canadian in the league?
0: Well, it, Benedict has only played what? I mean, Couple he's games. played 11 yep. games. He can't be your best Canadian after 11 games.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> like, okay. However, is he your best young prospect, maybe? Uh, no, not even after 11 games. You've still got Jake Giles. So, no, I, I just think overall um, you have, there are a lot of really active, actively good Canadian basketball players. And that is it. I, I don't. I, I don't know. You know, after 11 games, you know, we can put that in. When he was at University of Arizona, I thought I was like, wow, this kid is a little bit more dynamic than I thought he was. But and I did think it would translate into the NBA. I didn't think it would happen this fast. Yeah. Like oh, in his first 11 games, he's kind of already showing that he can get it done offensively in the NBA.
2: So Shade Gilgis Alexander seems to be taking it to another level, albeit on. Uh, A tough team to play on in OKC. He's now averaging 31, almost four rebounds a game and almost six assists a game. Uh, There's also some reports of frustrations in OKC when it comes to the Hamilton, Ontario native. Is there any way OKC trades SGA?
0: No, because he is okay. I don't know what I don't even know if there's frustration. You know, those are rumors or whatever. Yeah. But he is the piece that should create a good team. So that would be like when KD and James Harden and those guys are there and, and Russell Westbrook.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, oh, we're frustrated. No, you're the pieces that are eventually going to make us a real good team. So how can you be frustrated when you're the piece? Like, no, Lou Dork is supposed to be the piece right they're just young pieces and they have to get you know older quickly now as all of that said they're still only a game and a half out of the eight spot forget the play in that game and a half out of the eight spot you know they're two three games out of being in the seventh spot so they can go on a four game win streak. he's got to be the answer he is the answer to what the problem is.
2: <laughs> but, but this year, the problem can't be solved with Chet Holmgren out for the year. Like the team's young, they've stockpiled you all these first-round picks. Like it's still going to take a couple of years, isn't it? Two plus two equals Shea Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> what, you know what I mean? He's the solution to the problem. All right. You know? Yeah.
0: You know, and, and divide that by Chet Holmgren. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs>
2: right.
0: That they have the answers in the building, they right. just have to get it in the building. Play
2: to the power of Lou or two. I don't know. Uh, Los Angeles is now two and nine, only ahead of the Rockets in the NBA. If I gave Kenny the Jet Smith the keys to the Lakers, what would you do?
0: Well, if you gave me the keys to the Lakers, I would hopefully give them to me in last year.
2: <laughs> to avoid this,
0: because <laughs> <laughs> what, what they constructed, you know. Right now, I just feel that there are four players four through five through really five through twelve are backups to backups. Not playing in that NBA players, but they're backups to backups. Right. Like no one on that team to me at the five through twelve can legitimately always say I'm the key.
2: Best backup on any team in the NBA. I got you. So, just poorly constructed team. So, I mean, is this the end for what we know is the Lakers? I mean, listen, LeBron's got a groin injury. We're hearing he's day-to-day. He's 37. He's going to be 38 soon. Like, when do we start worrying about the end for LeBron?
0: I, I just think that he's always had enough talent around him, even in his prime you know, mostly in his prime, you know, maybe not his early years in Cleveland, but even then, you know, Carlos Boozer and, you know, those guys weren't bad players. Like they could all, they went other places and succeeded. Um, But I don't think there's anyone on that team that can say, if LeBron is out, don't worry for seven games. We're okay. Yeah,
2: there's nobody.
0: We have enough around you to make that, we have Amon Schumpert who can get you 18 points. We got J.R. Smith who might can get you 20 on a night. We got Kevin Love who can get you 20 and 20 on a night. We got, oh, the guy named Kyrie Irving. We got a, you know, there's no, there aren't that around him. Right. You know, there isn't that around him. So, I, I, I don't know what they have uh, because, you know, Matt Ryan, all those guys are pretty good players. But on a, most teams, they might be the backup to the backup.
2: All right, last one for you, Kenny. And uh, we all know that stats are like Nicki Minaj videos. They show a lot, but they don't show everything. So I ask you, is this a super stat or a meaningless number? The Nets are now 2-6 with Kyrie in the lineup. When he's playing, they have the 18th best offense and the 29th ranked defense. With him, excuse me, without him, they're 3-1, 7th best offense, and 1st in defense. Is that a super stat or a meaningless number?
0: I think it's a a stat about change. You know, I think the Nets, as a franchise, the players, the staff, they they understand that change is inevitable. And that, to me, has put some antennas up on a lot of players. (laughs) You know what I mean? And a lot of people. And so the change is more dictating or just as dictating as him in the lineup or not in the lineup. You know, I, I yeah. The change, and also you know Ben Simmons, like he's starting to play a little better. Like, if I watched the game last night, he's still not taking certain things that he did in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. but he's more active. Like, so all of these things are happening simultaneously, and um, I think it will help when Kyrie does come back as a basketball player. Uh, you know, I think it would help him, and I think it would help them as well. Because now he's not forced to say, okay, we've been losing while you're gone and all of this controversy and things are going on around you, and now you've got to come in and be getting, get us 30. Eh, you don't have to do that now.
2: Right, right. Uh, I'll be better with the punchline. I'll try and bring 30 next game out, Kenny. Uh, but I did blow it right off the top, and I apologize. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend that is Kenny Smith. Appreciate you. Yeah, stop stop hating on the Toronto Raptors, too.
4: <laughs>
2: I didn't <show> that. <laughs> all right, be well, man. There is Kenny the Jet all Smith right. right here on Tim and Friends. Coming up, we'll have the latest on Canada's men's soccer team for the World Cup just a week away. Should have got Kenny's take on the World Cup. I wonder if he's a soccer guy. I know he's about? a New York Islander guy. Of course. We all know that. Grew up uh, watching the New York Islanders. Stephen Bryant's interview with John Herbin. Coming up next in Tim and Friends. Welcome back, Canada's men's soccer team preparing to face Bahrain tomorrow in a World Cup tune-up. The squad made up of MLS-based players as they try and get some action in. European leagues have one more weekend of action before they pause for the tournament. Now, Canada will name its final squad on Sunday, but all of their Group F opponents have named their final squad. Of note, Romelu Lukaku makes the Belgian team after an injury doubt. Hakam Ziyech is in for Morocco after a dispute with the former manager kept him off the national team for a year. That's a big addition for Morocco. Canada's World Cup opener now just 13 days away. Uh, Also of note, AC Milan's Fikayo Tomori, who was born in Calgary and chose to represent England over Canada, was controversially left off of England's final squad for the tournament all week long we've been featuring Steve Brunt's sit-down interview with the Canadian men's head coach John Herdman in the fourth and final installment we get deep insight into what Drew Herdman turned down uh, Drew Herdman to turn down uh, his home country in favor of the Canadian men's team having a little trouble today as well as some of the adversity that he's encountered before leading this country to its first World Cup in 36 years
1: What were you walking into in terms of the players, John? What was the challenge of that culture shift?
8: That first camp, there was a couple of fights in the training. I'd never seen that before. And I said, this is all the reasons why this team have never qualified for a World Cup. A talented effing team have never qualified for a World Cup since 1986. Do you understand that? If you don't understand that you will miss one of the biggest opportunities this country's ever had.
1: If the opportunity to men hadn't presented itself when it did, would you have stuck with women through, well, Tokyo? No, I was
8: in England, I was gone. You are gone, right? Yeah, I was gone. That was me done, I was in my mind, I was on the aeroplane, and it was Peter Montopoli who had a great conversation with us and said, you're not finished here. There is John Herdman, the <laughs> Canadian <laughs> national men's team coach, it was the coach of the women's side. People were saying, oh, he strong-armed himself into the role and strong-armed myself into anything. It was a a clear opportunity to go and sing my own national anthem at World Cups, take my family back to live with my family, but I chose not to. I told everyone from the first day we took over, we're qualified. It's going to happen.
1: What were you walking into in terms of the players, John? These guys are coming from club teams all over the place, some of them in North America, a lot of them in Europe big money environments. What was the challenge of
8: that culture shift? A coach coming in that, in their minds, didn't have a pedigree for working in the men's game. I think that was a a challenge. But what what I learned, particularly in the men's game, is when there was adversity, the team cracked a bit. That first camp, there was a couple of fights in the training. I'd never seen that before. Guys were literally getting by the throat and everyone was getting in. It was, a, it was a defining moment because I pulled the leaders together after the session. And I said, this is all the reasons why this team have never qualified for a World Cup. A talented effing team have never qualified for a World Cup since 1986. Do you understand that? If you don't understand that, you will miss one of the biggest opportunities this country's ever had. This is in your hands. You're the leaders. It's in your hands. And I could sense that this was a big moment for them. John Herbin, what a job he continues to do with the Canadian men's national team.
6: The Canadian men definitely have a different aura about them.
8: Canada is the most improved team in world football and continue to garner, and rightfully so, global headlines.
1: The Jamaica match in Toronto. Qualification at that point, so a Fed You're pretty close to it. It's close to it. It's close. It's an amazing day, John, for a lot of people, and an emotional
8: day. What was it like for you? I always say a little prayers to me nana, right? Me nana is the one person who always looked after us as a kid. I remember when the snow started to fall. Eh? Honestly, I, I could cry because I felt like, you know, she was there. first ball went in I was never in doubt. It was like, oh, oh she's giving us a today. <laughs> you can't! All them yeah, well, think, we care about. Just being sure, we enjoyed the moment with the fans. Brilliant, absolutely
1: brilliant. Have you allowed yourself to think about what it's going to be like to walk out in the biggest sporting event in, on the planet?
8: I think for the first time in a long time I've come to the place where I really want to be as a coach and I know my players this is the moment they want to be in as well, like they, they feel we can genuinely get in and have a right fight with these teams and be that team that overachieved and find our x-factor to upset some teams and that's where I get I get out of bed for that you know I'm going back to my New Zealand days Uh, no better than that well
1: look I speak for about 40 million people saying I can't wait it's going to be awesome (laughs) and uh, congratulations again um, on behalf of everybody and especially the people who followed this sport in the country for a lot of years and it has been a thrilling thrilling ride
8: thank you yeah thank you
2: I KEPT CALLING THIS WONDERFUL BECAUSE IT WAS WONDERFUL PRODUCED BY uh, MARK MCDONALD AND OF COURSE WONDERFULLY HOSTED BY STEPHEN BRUNT LAST THING THAT HE DID HERE AT SPORTSNET WAS THAT INTERVIEW HE WAS VERY PROUD OF IT I NOW KNOW WHY BUT FOUR PORT SERIES UNBELIEVABLE Uh, GREAT TALENT STEPHEN BRUNT AND A EVEN BETTER MENTOR Uh, BUT THIS TEAM WILL BE A LOT OF FUN TO WATCH REGARDLESS OF HOW IT GOES OVER THESE FIRST THREE GAMES BECAUSE LET'S BE HONEST IT COULD END IN THREE (laughs)
3: uh <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping it doesn't. Yeah. I'm going to be locked in in 13 days when it starts against Belgium. Uh, the odds maker's not in Canada's favor. Canada plus 800 on BetRivers Rivers for a win against Belgium in 13 days. Yeah, this is one of the best countries in the world. Even a, doubt. A, a draw plus 420. Yeah. It's, uh, it'll be tough sledding. Like you mentioned, Belgium. It's a tough first test, but an exciting first test nonetheless.
2: All right. I understand this is what the media does before any major event. The Vancouver Olympics were supposed to be a bust. Uh, Brazil had the zika virus R- russia was russia but the world cup in qatar is starting to feel like a little bit of a joke i mean if sep blatter cashes the check allegedly and still calls this a mistake you know you're done screwed up even if you get by the massive human rights issues in the build-up to the world cup which most of us can't uh, but even as we try and evoke some sort of cognitive dissonance to make it through, even if you can get past the fan villages, which you can stay at for the low, low price of 200 bucks a night, oh, a village wow, what a deal. that at best has fire festival vibes. I mean, like... A shipping container in the middle of the desert what could go wrong nothing that's so
3: spectacular can't wait to see the meals
2: <laughs> even if you can get past all that which we can't but even if you could and just focus on the bu- football it's going to be hard with all the injuries from a midseason World Cup yeah Alfonso Davies may have escaped serious injury and he could play for that game against Belgium to start off the World Cup for Canada but his teammate Sadio Mane Wasn't so lucky. Huge blow to Senegal. France will be without two major pieces in Paul Pogba and N'Golo Conte after they can't shake injuries mid-season. Same for Timo Werner, who just went down. Portugal will be missing two key pieces. Scott Kennedy loses his shot at a dream for Canada. This list just proves that even if you can get past all of the nonsense around a World Cup in a country of 300,000 people in a place that's smaller than Connecticut, a Winter World Cup should never happen again. And oh, if you're wondering how this happened, the four-part documentary is playing now on Netflix. Spoiler alert. Comment dit corruption, Sebi, Oh, corruption. Corruption. That's <laughs> the same word. Corruption. That's how Corruption. it happens. Same thing. Yeah. All right, coming up, we'll turn our attention to hockey and specifically the Alberta teams as the Flames look to break out of their slump against the Bruins. The Oilers begin life without Evander Kane. We will discuss with the Athletics' Julian McKenzie next, right here. Tim and Friends getting you set for another busy night as game day starts here. Tim and
1: Friends.
8: And now, time for Real Sports Talk
2: with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. Thank you very much, Team Dogs. Tim McAuliffe, along with Kevin Mickey, will be with you for another 30 minutes on SportsNet and SportsNet 360 before we hand things over to Carolyn Cameron and Hockey Central. Ten games. In the NHL tonight, we'll break it down with the Athletics' Julian McKenzie in mere moments from now. But first, the slumping Flames wrap up a three-game road trip in Boston tonight, looking to snap their six-game losing streak against a pretty damn good team. They're in tough against the Bees, who have the best record in the Eastern Conference. You can see this game on Sportsnet East, Ontario, and Pacific, as well as Sportsnet 360, 7 p.m. Eastern, 5 local in Calgary. Ryan Leslie, standing by, live in Boston. Rhino, what's the latest, buddy?
9: Well, the latest is I got a couple of Bruins fans all under the age of 15 here beside me. It's great. They're chirping me as only Bostonians can. It's wonderful. You may pick it up. But uh, hey, listen, it is. You mentioned it. It's tough sledding right now for the Calgary Flames. They have to end this uh, losing skid, and they want to do it here in Boston before a long ride home. End of the uh, three-game road trip. Uh, Maybe some encouraging news, maybe not, depending on how you look at it, but you would see this morning a brief little twirl by uh, Jonathan Huberdeau. Did not join for the bulk of the practice. The main part of it did get a little skated in, but uh, that was about it. So the news is tough in Calgary. and doesn't get easier when you look at the fact that you are indeed facing one the best team at home on home ice in the Boston Bruins, who, oh, by the way, are also welcoming Charlie McAvoy back into the lineup after he had uh, shoulder surgery in the summer. So, Dangerous team at the Garden. Uh, they get one of their best players back in the lineup, and Calgary has to snap the losing skid. So Dan Vladar, the former Bruin goaltender, is going to get the nod tonight for the Flames. So he, uh, you know, he gets it done, and he got it done here uh, last year as well. So they're going to turn to a former Bruin and hope uh, that's the case. And uh, Vladimir Ruzichka, rather Adam Ruzichka, he is going to play on that top line for uh, Jonathan Huberto. So I spoke with him. He said he's just relishing the opportunity and also some power play time on that number one unit as well. So a young guy he and uh, Voldar are best buddies. So hopefully uh, for Bru- uh, flames fans rather that they are the difference makers tonight. Uh, without a doubt and obviously uh, throwing it back old school there five and one. This was the
2: uh, best team in Canada. No bars about it. Everyone was saying the same thing. Is there is there any pressure though in this six game losing streak. Are the players starting to feel this at all.
9: Oh yes, oh yes, they feel one loss, let alone the the way things are going. Uh, And it's tough, it is tough sledding when you've got an injured blue line, the way the Flames do. You don't have one of your best players in Jonathan Huberdo, so, uh, and then you throw in those losses, and uh, the opponent tonight, It's something's got to give. I'll put it to you that way. Uh, maybe the, the idea that they are in Boston, though, Timmy, is, is a good thing. You've got uh, a number of uh, former Bruins and guys who uh, grew up in this area. Kevin right. Rooney, uh, Noah and you know, Luch obviously with the history here, and Vladar as well. So walking the streets as I did the other day with Milan and his family, just taking it all in. Every shop somebody popped out of to hug him and shake his hand. So maybe there's a little extra juice here for former Bruins and local kids without a doubt thanks Ryan appreciate it and
2: enjoy the game tonight. Thank you there is Ryan Leslie in Boston that game coming away nationally on Sportsnet at 7 Eastern time. All right the Oilers begin life without Evander Kane tonight in Carolina viewers in the Edmonton region you can see the game on Sportsnet West that's at 7 Eastern 5 local with more from Raleigh let's send it to Gene Prince Baogito what's going on in Raleigh.
4: Yeah, Tim, well, what's going on is that uh, Vander Kane continues to be a big story for the Edmonton Oilers after what happened a couple of nights ago against Tampa. Uh, one of those scenarios that, uh, you know, Connor McDavid after the game said he's almost uh, surprised that it doesn't happen more often because of uh, not the recklessness of the way players are, but lots of things are happening. It happens fast. It happens on ice. He said we basically have knives on our feet uh, that more people don't get cut. And that's what happened to Evander Kane. I was standing, uh, well, kind of to the left and the right, about maybe 15 feet from it. And it was amazing just uh, how uh, urgent everybody was, but at the same time uh, calm, understanding that urgent and uh, not knowing what you're doing isn't going to be a good combination. Uh, Kane stayed in Tampa uh, that night, had surgery on his wrist. And uh, today, Jay Woodcroft gave us the latest update on the Oilers'
7: winger. I did get a chance to talk to him, he's in good spirits, he uh, came through his procedure pretty well, uh, everybody seems to be in a good spot with where um, where it's at, and uh, the good news for Evander and our team is that he's meeting us down in Florida. So he drove in a town car um, from Tampa Bay to uh, Miami, or Fort Lauderdale uh, yesterday, so he's in a good spot, he's stabilizing, he's going to be around his teammates.
4: I'm sure people watch at home, maybe even you, Tim, are going, well, wait, how did he drive? Well, the Oilers, uh, the Oilers left one of their medical staff uh, behind in Tampa to be with Evander to make sure that everything would be all right. No one exactly, they, they figured it wasn't serious, but not that serious, but enough that he needed someone to be around yeah. him. So uh, they did end up getting uh, to Fort Lauderdale. Uh, Evander, like so many of us, we have these group chats with friends or family. There's a group chat that the Oilers have amongst the players, and he basically let them know, listen, I'm okay and I think one of the things Tim is when someone says they're okay you're not exactly sure what that means he's going to be out of the lineup three to four months but the fact he's joining the team in Fort Lauderdale they'll play there on Saturday afternoon has to tell you things are better than maybe we would have thought when it first happened.
2: Yeah and add some perspective to a three game losing streak as well. Get the win Jack Campbell plays well some good things leading into this game against Carolina but the best news Kane stable perfect. Thank you very much Gino. No problem. Enjoy the night, pal. Yeah, you too. There is uh, Gene Principe in Carolina. So, two tough matchups for the Alberta teams. The Sens visit the Devils, another tough matchup. Teams heading in opposite directions. Ottawa has also lost six in a row. Jersey has won seven straight. Sens appear to be done with Nikita Zaitsev, who cleared waivers today. Nick Holden will replace him in the lineup, although this is a for now goalie Anton Forsberg will make his first start since being pulled in last Thursday's loss to the Golden Knights tonight all right listen there is some pressure as you heard from Ryan Leslie in Calgary so we go to Calgary right now and introduce Julian McKenzie of the athletic who joins me now what's going on Julian how are things
7: things are good Timbo good to see you good to see the friends as well
2: right, I listen I, I have to get right to it on this uh, iPad in front of me I have a panic mm. button I know I've been listening in a little bit to local radio in Calgary. Do I push that panic button on the Calgary Flames, Julian McKenzie? No, don't
7: touch that button. We're we're like 12 games into this season. Here's the thing. This is a veteran team, right? If they've got they've had guys who they've even mentioned at different points in the year, they've been through ups and downs of a regular season. They even when they were winning and and they were going through that that re- the best start in franchise history. They're pointing out all these different things that they knew they needed to improve on in each of those games. And now they're at a point where maybe some of those things haven't necessarily been fixed, but that's a whole other story. But I feel as if they have the guys to do it. If I, I can understand, they're maybe lacking a little bit of foot speed. I think there's some guys in the HL could help out with that if it comes time for that. Mm-hmm. But for people to get to a point where you got to press the panic button. It's 12 games in like, like there's so many other teams too who who we all expected to be playing well who are also not playing that well too there's a lot of racetrack left to be in this season and i think if you're going to press that panic button this point even if it gets to a loss tonight against boston i'll say it it's too soon to panic you gotta remember still banged up on the back end to yeah. uh jonathan huberdo not necessarily 100 like there's 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 some concerns there but not ready for the panic button yet.
2: Okay, so I'm listening to the Fan 960 yesterday to get a feel for the temperature. There was some sky-falling stuff. And as I mentioned Ryan Leslie, at 5-1, and one, this was most experts pick for the best team in Canada. There were a few people that would sprinkle in at Toronto or in Edmonton. No one saw Winnipeg being the team that it is right now. But at 5-5-2, five, five what are the big parts outside of injury that Daryl Sutter wants to take care of right now?
7: They need to find a way to play as close to a 60-minute game as possible. And that's something that they weren't really able to do, even when they were winning uh, those first few games of the year. Uh, A big reason why that hasn't been the case, just I don't feel that they're as clean in the defensive zone as they should be. I, I don't think they've had enough finish in their game as they would like. I know Daryl Sutter has mentioned at different points that maybe their chances for have gone up, but in terms of the finishing, it is not necessarily there. There's a lot of pressure on guys like Tyler Toffoli and Andrew Maggiapani to pick up the slack as well. There's a lot of pressure going for Jacob Markstrom as well. Uh, He's had, I think he's been better since the first week of the year, but as you see on the replay there, like he's had moments like that where, You kind of you see that and you think, oh, man, like that just kind of takes away from a really good effort on his part. But I'll say this in some of the games he's played on this road trip. I mean, he can't he's not the guy responsible for not getting shots up for about a 10 minute period or, you know, if the team has played 50 minutes he's still trying to hold onto the fort to get them to get to that 60. But I think the flames deserve a lot of bear that brunt of, of the blame for why they're in the situation too. So I think for a lot of people who are drawing a lot of criticism onto Jacob Markstrom, I get the stats are not what people would like it to be. I still think he's, playing at a better level than he was playing in the first week of the year where he was battling an illness and he'll eventually, I think, get to that A game, but I think it's a combination of some of those elements I brought up.
2: Yeah, without a doubt and I also think that, like, listen, I know that there are advanced stats that try and take out You know uh, the team that you're playing for the defense core that's in front of you, but most of those stats still have a little bit of who's in front of you and that banged up decoy definitely has something to do with the way Markstrom's playing. Absolutely,
7: like even the first loss of the year that they had Noah Hannafin wasn't available for that game and the defense kind of looked out of sorts. Chris Tanev, who even from last postseason, I think a lot of people around this market and around the league too were saying that the Flames really missed him in that playoff series against the Oilers, and now he hasn't played in the last few games with an upper body injury. Uh, they really need him in that lineup, and he needs to. He, I mean, he was needed for for the, uh, the partnership with Mackenzie Weger and the chemistry those two guys are starting to build. But just for stability's sake, with the way that top four is supposed to look, they need him in that lineup. So, and not to mention Michael Stone, who yeah. had a really good training camp he's gotten himself some goals He's on IR right now. It's not a great situation in terms of defense. I didn't even mention the fact that Oliver Shillington is still away from the team yeah. for personal reasons. This is a team that's playing with a banged up defensive
2: core right now, so I think that also adds to the misery. Yeah, and as we heard, uh, Daryl Sutter isn't a fan of their depth right now. It is still shocking to to look at the standings, though, and see after all this consternation in the Lower Mainland that the Canucks are just one point behind the Calgary Flames. But that's what the standings say. Do you look at the the Pacific? Can see teams like the Los Angeles Kings remaining there and maybe more importantly the Seattle Kraken I mean an eight four and two start for the Kraken
7: man I, off the little bit I got to see of the Kraken from preseason and the regular season game they've got some youth they're quick yeah, they're and fast. and one thing not to bring it back to the flames but one thing they seem to be struggling a lot with is teams that are just way quicker and way faster than them. I mean, yes, the Flames have experience, but against a team like Seattle, where you could have a guy like Matty Beniers try to cut through the offensive zone and make something happen, this team hasn't shown that they've been able to stop those guys yet. So to see a team like Seattle, just with not a lot of people putting high expectations on them to do well, it'd be fun to see them among those playoff teams. I still think Calgary could end up there. Uh, I, I, I think Los Angeles, I know they had a tough start to the year too. I I try to remember, I think I may have had them as a playoff team. I look at them. I mean, Vegas, Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that they started off as well as they did. I had them as a playoff team, but I didn't think Logan Thompson would be nearly as good. And of course, the Edmonton Oilers are the Edmonton Oilers, right? So yeah, yeah, I, I think for a guy like for a team like Seattle, they'll, they'll, It's good that they're having the start that they're having, but it remains to be seen if they'll stick to it.
2: Part of the reason why I hear a lot of the sky falling in Vancouver is the way they played against the Montreal Canadiens who had zero expectations heading into this year. Uh, You know as well as anyone that the uh, fan bases of the Senators and the Montreal Canadiens are intertwined because a lot of the folks in Ottawa grew up Habs fans. They see their Sens team significantly behind the montreal canadians are, are the canadians kind of a feel-good story of the early season here it's a good question
7: actually i think the fact that they've been able to get all these young players to work at yeah. least from what i've seen from a distance like that's pretty cool and again Marte st louis who had no head coaching experience before he took on that job he's letting these guys play he's letting them play free we just see that kirby dot goal there like that's a kid who Chicago gave up on. They're in the middle of a rebuild. They could use some of those young players. And they said, nah, you can have Kirby Doc. And he's fit fine with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. By the way, Cole Caulfield, there are people in Montreal saying, you know what? This guy could get forty goals this year. People were thinking that last year, and then he went off to that terrible start. Now I think it's starting to look a little bit more realistic. At this point, if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, right? Like, you have nothing to lose. You want this team to be in a position where they could be within striking distance of getting a Conor Bedard. Or even if you get a Matt Fa Mishkov or an Adam Fentilli, I yeah. guess that's fine, too, for them. But the fact that the young players are playing well and that core is forming... I mean, look, you, you can't tell players to try to tank, right? I mean, I, I think it's still a good situation. Even if they play a little better than what's expected of them, fine, there's a disappointment of of, of potentially missing out on a generational player. But I think there should be some praise or, or or some good looks towards the core that they're trying to put together. So, yeah, I can understand why a team like Ottawa would would be, would be pretty frustrated considering all the the lumps they've had to go through in the last few years. And then a team like Montreal, just the way that they've built themselves up, at least to start off the year they look a bit more promising. It's it's really interesting.
2: Yeah. You got to give the kids credit. and You got to give Martin St. Louis credit for trusting the kids especially on defense to start the season and he has been rewarded And somewhere. I believe Jeff Saturday is probably taking notes to show to the national media (laughs) that you don't need major coaching experience before you take over a big league club Uh, Julian always big league to have you on this show. Thanks a lot for dropping by today. Thanks so much for having me man uh, from the athletic old friend of the show Julian McKenzie right here on Tim and Friends time for one last break up next we will get you set for the night ahead game time Mickey McAuliffe next get you set for Hockey Central Cal Bukoskis we've got some November tennis highlights for you that's right The Billie Jean King Cup formerly known as the Fed Cup got underway today in Glasgow Scotland 12 team tournament featuring four groups of three with the group winners advancing to the semifinals this weekend knockout style. Now Canada has never won the event before but they are fielding arguably their strongest team ever. They took on Italy earlier today and boy, did they look good. Canadian supporters on hand as Canada takes on. Italy in the best of three now Bianca Andrescu first Billie Jean King Cup since 2019 taking on Elisabetta Cocciaretto I hope I got that right all my Italian friends will tell me whether or not I did Bianca was down 5-2 in the first set and she falls on her return but crouching tiger hidden winner that's right Bianca would battle all the way back to take the opening set to a tie break. Once down 5-2, she wins that tie break. And Bianca in the second set, a great lob over her opponent. Now match point, and Bianca able to seal it with the forehand, 7-6-6-3. Canada takes the 1 0 tie lead. Second match, Layla Fernandez, who has won her last five singles matches at this tournament, taking on Martina Trevisan who beat Fernandez at Roland Garros earlier this year. Now, Layla ran away with this one. Already up for love, first set, charges the net, and the volley, ooh, okay. artful, too. And that to quote Rob Fault. artful. And Thank you very much. Six love first set second set up five love more good reflexes at the net another winner 44 minutes the rare double bagel against the 27th ranked player in the world six love six love that seals the tie for Canada up two nil in the third match Canada looking for a sweep with Fernandez teeing up with Gabriela Dabrowski Fernando's still on fire. Second set comes up with a backhand winner. The Canadian duo also win, not quite double bagel, but how about 6-1-6-1. Canada sweeps Italy 3-0. They will face Switzerland Friday morning on Sportsnet 1, 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. That's right, Falzi is up early. We hope you'll join them. Every game day does start right here on Tim and Friends. And here's what's coming up on Sportsnet tonight. Flames looking to snap that six-game losing streak as they visit the Bruins. That is five local in Calgary. Viewers in Edmonton can see the Oilers visit the Canes. Also five local in Edmonton. And speaking of Edmonton, that's where Canada will host Venezuela in the FIBA World Cup qualifying that could end with Canada booking a trip to the World Cup. You can see it Sportsnet 1. 90s doing 7 local and later tonight, if you need a little more hockey to get you to sleep, Blackhawks and Kings will start you there. It's not going to put you to sleep. We're hoping it's a good game because it's on TV. But first, game time. time and for that, I hand it to my friend, Kevin Mickey.
3: Thank you very much. How about Layla? 26 games played, only loses two of them.
2: Not bad good day on the court. I like the quick math there. Thank you. I yeah, know, that was sure, impressive. You sure my math earlier. I was just yeah. trying to figure it out, My Okay, so yeah. the bagels yeah. is easy to do. That's but, right. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Grade 11 math. Last math <laughs> class I took. Let's get going. Game time. We're going to be doing some stuff about the games you'll be watching this evening. The Vegas Golden Knights they will be taking on the Buffalo Sabres this evening, meaning Jack Eichel, he's back in Buffalo. Second time since he was traded, in case you forgot. <laughs> well, back in March Eichel, he returned to Buffalo and he received... A uh, rude welcome yeah, for the former deals. Sabres captain. And then he had this to say. That's about the loudest I've heard this place
7: ever. <laughs> really, after after uh, it only took seven years and me leaving for them to uh, get into the game. I oh,
2: had well, a few really, things to say at the, at the time, uh,
3: yeah. Earlier today, Eichel, he expounded upon those thoughts last March.
7: it was probably for them and uh, can you read
3: lips he said mm-hmm. something to the effect of i was just pretty emotional at that point i and get so
2: emotional baby every time i think of you yeah he said he got emotional yeah. and you know what good for him like yeah. i know you he didn't yeah, he hear to it. it yeah and we all kind of sort of get into spots where we obviously have emotions because we care yep. and we cared about a certain spot and it didn't go the way we wanted uh, i don't mind i was very critical of eichel when he ripped into buffalo yep. and i'm okay with him saying i was emotional Probably said some things I didn't mean, but it came from a place of care. So I'm you, good with it.
3: Do you expect a similar reaction from Buffalo? Oh yeah, tonight? oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, they are yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. gonna tear into him tonight. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's probably be another rude welcome for Ike. Yeah. So, CDS dude He's been he's been pretty good throughout the season, so have the Vegas Golden Knights. We mentioned it earlier, three Canadian teams in action this evening, and all three are facing well pretty. Tough opponents, we yeah. talked about it. Oilers, no Vander Kane. They take on the Carolina Hurricanes. Calgary, they've lost six straight games, and they'll be taking on the Boston Bruins, who are top of the Eastern Conference. And how about the Ottawa Senators? They have also lost six in a row, and they're taking on a Devils team that has won seven straight. Who needs a dub most tonight, Timmy?
2: I think it's that team right there, I think it's the Ottawa Senators, and it's just because of the roller coasters that they've been on. Losing streak, winning streak, losing streak, that's basically the season thus far for the Ottawa Senators. I think there's more faith in what the Calgary Flames can and should be when they're healthy. I don't know about the Ottawa Senators, though I will say this. The folks in Ottawa give got to give it a little bit more breathing room. Cam Talbot was hurt to start the year. They're missing significant pieces already. Yep. So just relax a little bit. I know you wanted to see that next step. Just give them a little bit more than 10, 11, 12 games before you decide what they are. Agreed. I think you got to wait about 25. This is a team trying to turn. A lot of new pieces. They've had some injuries. Relax a little bit. I
3: agree that you should preach more patience. I can also understand the senators fans point of yeah, view. They've been, waiting just a while. they've been waiting through a lot of this. Yeah. So but let's just Just try. because Eugene the said there'd be yeah. a championship
2: yeah. window doesn't mean the championship window is upon you yet. Yeah. See if DJ can help these guys learn how to win, because that's what they have to do. When you, whenever you have a rebuild, you gotta learn how to win. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're trying to do right
3: now. Uh, so, the Canada men's basketball team will be trying to win as they take on Venezuela and FIBA World Cup qualifiers. You can see that one, as Tim just mentioned, 9 p.m. Eastern Sportsnet won the game in Edmonton. Tim, do you know the temperature in Edmonton? It's minus 13 degrees. Right. Quite cold. Edmonton, they seem to always like hosting warm-weather countries and international sporting
2: events. Canada, Jamaica.
3: Uh, strategic move by Canada, bringing now, the
2: Venezuelans in. I don't know if you know this, but they play the game of basketball indoors. They're not
3: doing this one outside. Yeah,
2: this is a Ice tech chain link hoops. Yeah, as much as I loved Ice tech. If they took it outside, I might understand it. If they played at Commonwealth, I might understand it. If they were... <laughs> All dressed up and selling in snowbanks, I would understand it, but I don't think the outdoor weather is going to phase Venezuela in any way, shape, or form. I think it has to do with Edmonton's wonderful, long-standing history of supporting Team Canada, no matter what the sport, no matter what the time. And there is a good history of basketball in that city. I think you'll see a pretty good crowd, or I hope to see a pretty good crowd tonight as Canada books their trip to the World Cup. hopefully
3: let's end with this week 10 kicks off in the NFL the Panthers hosting the Atlanta Falcons this evening Thursday night football the riveting matchup Eldon Charlotte where they're expecting some rain and wind gusts reaching over 25 miles per hour We're speaking bad weather PJ Walker he was benched last week oh my god three for 10 nine yards two picks That was against Cincy. Uh, He'll be starting tonight. Uh, What are your expectations for Walker in a windy condition? Well, he
2: can also run the ball, so that could help out a little bit, but that was ugly against the Bengals. Considering how he played the week before, too, he was really good. He's played well against the Falcons this year, and I think that's why, along with the short week, they stuck with P.J. Walker. Though kind of curious, not only did Mayfield play well, but Darnold's ready to go. I think the Carolina Panthers are trying to give PJ Walker an opportunity to win this job. Boy,
3: I mean, how do you pick PJ Walker, Baker
2: Mayfield, I, Sam? I know Carmel. they're crap. I know of they're crap. I know they said everyone else. but I'm saying it. it also, best. the division sucks too. And they, I mean, that's still And this is a big game. up for grabs, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. If Atlanta wins this game, they're right there with Tampa. Like, the division is completely and utterly up for grabs, which makes this interesting. Even though it's the Falcons. The Falcons. And Panthers. <laughs> All right. That was game time. It's now time for Hockey Central. Kyle Lukoskas in the big chair today. Thank you very much, Kevin Mickey, Kenny Smith, Julia McKenzie, for stopping by. Have a great night. We hope to talk to you tomorrow.
5: Later.